What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Come At Me Bro. This is episode 48. I am one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside Drew. Can you hear me now? And Tyler. Happy Christmas, Merry Hanukkah, Feliz Kwanzaa. I think that's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Everyone, whenever you listen to this episode, probably Easter time. What about time Festivus for the air. rest of us? And Festivus, I'm sorry. Gosh, dang it, I knew I forgot one. The most glorious Fruit cake to muffin pies. <laughs> oh man, it's been a warm Christmas. It's been like yeah, I mean it really has. It's been. Were you down in Virginia Beach? I was over yonder. It was quite warm down south. It's quite well, not warm. Exactly here. Virginia Beach, but it was in Pocos in Newport News. So is as close as you can get to Virginia Beach, even though people want to call it Virginia Beach, even though it's not. So it's just an easy landmark. Right? I feel people. like not enough people know like Newport News and Pocosin. I they mean Hampton Roads is a little bit. Williamsburg, yeah, but it's kind of like colonial. What's wrong with colonial? It's Williamsburg. Everyone knows there. Just like everyone knows who's getting fired in the NFL. Oh. <laughs> Got him. Uh, but before we even before I even want to talk about Coach Carousel, which we talked about all last podcast, um, we did have an exciting weekend with some college football. And we did that. My- so we had the Peach Bowl on December twenty eighth, and that was number one LSU. Up against number four, Oklahoma. In this game, Drew and I took LSU. I believe you took Oklahoma, Tyler. LSU oh, did. did come out on top of that, and this was a pretty dominant victory, guys. 63-28. to 28. I saw LSU winning, but I did not think they dominated at this level. Well, if you had listened to our previous podcasts, uh, I believe Drew and you had said that LSU is going to smother Oklahoma, and if and I said if Oklahoma has any type of defense, then maybe Oklahoma will show up. But Oklahoma's defense, I think, just stayed on the bus um, as they usually do in every Big Ten game. So, um, yeah, there was absolutely no defense whatsoever. I mean, forty-nine points in the first half by LSU—that's just outrageous. You think it's a basketball game? Yeah. All seven of those touchdown passes in the first half, like that's it's ridiculous. I, I I'm pretty sure Oklahoma didn't get off the bus. Like their defense didn't get off the bus <laughs> or make the trip. Their defense never has. They're zero for four now in the playoff. Ooh. Every time they want to say that, oh, we're good enough now, and that nah, still hasn't happened. Well, do you like Jalen Hurts or Burrows? If you had to pick, if you get them on your NFL team, get them on the Miami Dolphins or Cincinnati Bengals. You taking Burrow or Hurts? I think you're obviously taking Joe Burrow because nope. we've seen that he can run, albeit not quite as well as Hurts, but he can throw it infinitely better than Hurts. And he does that. He does that thing that like Tony Romo did, and Tom Brady can do it to some degree. That just slip out of out of getting tackled and then uh, and then make a ridiculous like back-footed throw that's just perfect and spot on and you just wonder how on earth did he do that and it's it's an uncanny ability that he already has and he's only going to get better at it. Now, I hope he doesn't go to the Bengals because I think that's a a career ender. The Dolphins might be as well, but I don't know, I have more hope think for Dolphins them at would the be moment. Better? I I have more hope for them at the moment than I do the Bengals. Now, I have to disagree, actually. I don't think the Bengals are that bad wide receiver-wise. Like, I think the team would be there if they can draft him along with some linemen. I feel like the running back position, you don't have an all-star, but Mixon can get the job done if he's allowed to. The wide receiver core, you have a lot of young wide receivers plus a veteran and A.J. Green if he's ever healthy, hmm. but he can at least mentor. 
I think once you have a line and like if you sturdy up the line, you sturdy up the defense. I don't feel like Cincinnati is that bad of a team. Uh, since I mean, I want to say that Mixon had an off year, um, even though he did pretty well. I mean, I drafted him and I ended up being third in one of my fantasy leagues, even though I had him the whole year. Um, so I think Mixon has the potential. I think he just had an off year. Um, and yeah, with AJ Green, that kind of ruffled some feathers. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he played a single game this season, did he? No, he never did. He, yeah. Off an ankle injury. I mean, that's how crazy that is. That's how bad that ankle injury was. Unless he was just looking to get traded um, and wanted to stay protected. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, is the red rifle done? Is the red water gun, whatever you want to call him, is he gone? I don't know. If he just got a contract maybe one or two years ago. But the with Dalton in, I mean, dang. He's just not good. He's bad. I think he'll end up being a starter somewhere else. There's enough teams that aren't going to be able to draft some of these top guys. You know, the the Joe Burrow or the Jalen Hurts or um, say no, Tua. I know Tua, if he decides to go, uh, Jacob Eason out of Washington is going. The Georgia kid is probably going. So, I mean, there's going to be some quarterbacks. So there will be teams that just aren't high enough to make a draft move there, and they'll they'll – end up trading or whatever it is they'll have to do to get to get Dalton because he might still have enough to be a decent quarterback. You'd never know. Like we were just talking about the Bengals this year. You know, some of their um some of their weapons weren't as good as they could have been. There's some there's certainly some potential there in those younger receivers, but that's just it. They were all really young. Um so he didn't really have a whole lot to work with this year. Um that being said, I think he was kind of already overachieving in his career a lot of the time. So maybe maybe he's peaked at this point. But Someone will take a chance on him. They always do. Uh, just like there's a coaching carousel, there's a quarterback carousel. I mean, guys like Fitzpatrick are still in the league, and Case Keenum are still in the league getting to start somewhere. So someone like Andy Dalton, uh, who's won more games than them, will definitely get another shot. Sounds yeah. like there's a buffet, buffet of quarterbacks. So it seems like you're going to get a quarterback, and you're going to get a quarterback, and you're going to get a quarterback. Uh, it seemed to be just being... It's a quarterback heavy, I feel like, draft rather than the last three, four years. It's been, I mean, other than maybe two years ago where you had, you know, three or four quarterbacks in the first round, I feel like there are a lot of quarterbacks in this draft coming up. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, it, there's a big variety of them, both in the draft and in the league. If you look at free agency, if you look at underdeveloping teams or underperforming teams, but what does the buffet look like? Are we seeing crab legs? Because right now I'm seeing like fried chicken that's been left out for a few days for a lot of these quarterbacks. Like, I mean, it's drying up. Like Andy Dalton, I think he's decent. I don't think he's that great. I don't know if I see him as a starter next year. If he's not on Cincy, I think he could be backing someone up. Like maybe he goes to the Giants as a backup. I see him falling more into that role that we've seen Nick Foles, or, yeah, Nick Foles kind of fall into with Jacksonville where he's sitting there, he comes in when need be, he gives some instruction here and there. I just, I don't know if I see Andy Dalton as a starter on any of these teams if he doesn't stay in Cincy. Question is, is New England going to pick up a quarterback? Uh, I don't think they'll pick up Andy Dalton. I know that. I mean, a quarterback from the draft. Probably. Probably. Who, who is their backup even Brady. anymore? It was Hoyer this year, wasn't it? I believe oh, Hoyer so. again. Or it, 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 either it was and they switched, or he still is him. I can't remember. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, yeah, it would be tough I mean, to I trade up this far. I, I agree. You don't have crab legs, but you don't have leftover lasagna from last week. I think you got an in-between of like, hey, it's only a day or two old. We'll get some All right, maybe they're mac a, and cheese. A, and, a year or two starter, bridge quarterback kind of thing. Maybe even someone who yeah. gives way th- during the year to a, a rookie or a young guy that you've picked up and developed some. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. But do you see Andy Dalton on the Patriots? No. Okay, okay. I mean, just wanted to make sure we're clear there. Isn't Brian Hoyer oh. a redhead? You could just swap him out and no one would notice. I just I didn't I, know Hoyer I, had hair. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I think Andy Dalton throws a little too many picks for Belichick's system over there. I, don't know. I would love to see Nick Foles as a Patriot, but I don't think that'll happen. He just got a contract. He just got big buku money, even though he got benched after he came back from his broken clavicle. Yeah, I still don't think he was fully healed. I think we'll no, see, I don't I either. I think we'll see a difference this off season. Maybe he comes back, but they are eventually going to have a decision to make. Even if he comes back and plays pretty well, people have seen what Minshew can do. It's going to be hard to, you know, to keep him, keep him sitting if they struggle at all. So there, it's eventually going to come to a head there in in a, within the year. I would sure somebody will have to go. Yeah, Minshew, Minshew really showed a ceiling and a floor this year. <laughs> yeah, but if <laughs> if they can get away with giving or trading foals to somebody within the year i think they will because it's going to clear some money when they've got Minshew for you know uh peanuts for at least a couple more years yeah i think you trade foals you try to get some of the salary back and then you take a draft pick with it yep i think that's the move but we'll have to see because jacksonville is making lots of moves obviously the front office being changed up possibly the coach tyler says no he thinks the coach will be staying with jacksonville drew what are your thoughts well i've seen the reports where they they denied that he was going to be on the move, at least not immediately after the game. Um, they said they'll be making doing meetings this week. And I think, you know, with Coughlin getting let go, they're going to bring somebody in to be president or whatever admiral of football operations. He, he was, what, title. VP of something? Yeah, I don't remember. But Tyler, don't. do you remember? Huh? Anyway, so they'll bring in somebody to run stuff, and I think they'll want to let them hire a coach. So I think Marone's going to go to um, – they they underachieved a little this year. You know, it was nice to discover Minshew Mania and, and see a couple of good things they were still able to do. But I think they had higher expectations, and that whole organization just seems to be uh, – I don't know, just still doesn't seem to be correct, and I think they're going to want to want to change something up there, maybe go younger at that coaching position, you know, do – a look to hire a, a Lincoln Riley or one of those kind of guys to come in and kind of run with these younger younger dudes that they've got down there now and, and see what they can do with, uh, with all those receivers. Underachieve is an understatement. I mean, when you sign, anytime you sign a quarterback for a multi-million, million, bajillion dollars, <laughs> you expect the playoffs. I mean, it's very simple. You found your franchise quarterback, it's playoffs. You're playoffs bound. And... We've seen with Jacksonville, we've seen with the Cowboys. When you put money, that means no playoffs. Anytime you get a big gold dollar sign signing someone for life or whatever, you don't make the playoffs that year. It's just the curse, like the Madden curse. Dollar signs next to your name, you're not making the playoffs. Good old Jacksonville. So, are we all taking Joe Burrow number one? We just don't know if he's going to go to Cincinnati or somewhere else yet? Uh, no, I think Chase Young's going to go first. Chase Young. I don't even know who gets the first pick. 
Yeah, uh, is it Cincy? It should so be. Cincy or... I think Cincy's the lowest. Let's see, 5'11", 5'11", 214 for the Bengals. And 312 for the Redskins, 312 for the Lions. Yep, it is going to be Cincy regardless. Yep. So, and I think... Unless there's been trades that I don't know about. There could have been trades in previous years. And they, it's just, they just got a quarterback in Finley, I think. Did they? I don't remember. Who did? I think so. Cincinnati. Did they? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do some research. Keep talking. I don't think they did. They signed Dalton's extension was a few years ago now, and their backup they the did. at start was an undrafted kid, I thought. Now, so. Tyler is correct. They picked a Brian Finley in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL Oh, draft. that's right. Got okay. Him. I knew whoever played this year was either not highly pedigreed or unsigned, but or undrafted. So I don't I don't think they were super impressed with him. Um again, he didn't have a whole lot to work with and they just kind of threw him out there to the wolves. But uh that's a fourth round pick on a quarterback. I don't think that's enough to keep you from then drafting what may be the best quarterback in a long time at number one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what? Andy Dalton could go to Chicago. That would work. Mm, that might not be a terrible spot for him. No, he's, he's kind of got that gunslinger mentality, and it kind of fits with with that attitude there. I could see that. He could fit in Chicago. That would be interesting. And they, I, I actually kind of like that placement. I definitely think they'll be looking for someone to push Trubisky or replace Trubisky. So, hmm. yeah, I could see Trubisky going somewhere else too. But I in fact, that could even be a swap for swap kind of thing if they needed to. So then here's my question, though, for you, since we're into this NFL draft uh, rabbit hole. Let's just assume for a minute that Cincinnati does take Joe Burrow number one overall. Barring any trades that we don't remember, the next two picks are going to be Washington and Detroit. Does one of them trade down to somebody who's really desperate for a, a Tua or a Jacob Eason or whoever you know the next quarterback is? Or do they, does, do they go for Chase Young and say forget trading down we want a game changer on our defensive line i mean i think washington is stuck with getting chase young because kerrigan is pretty much all washed up yeah i mean he'll 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 try to stay as long as possible and as we all know dan snyder is going to stick with oh he's a true washington redskin even though bruce allen's on his way out the prince of darkness (laughs) but i think they need a new they need another guy on the other side with monte sweat on one side now you replace you know kerrigan with chase young that's who they're going to go with. And then Detroit has to pick up a quarterback going through Driscoll, going through Blau. Blau I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Blau? Right? Bluff? Blau? Blau. Blow? I don't know. Um, and then because Stafford's getting up there in age and he's getting beat up. And I don't know how you cover from a broken back. Um, I mean, Peyton, Peyton Manning could only play a couple more years with a broken neck. And that was after a year of rest. And yeah, and a backhand Romo. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Romo, you know, was suffering all. So they're gonna need a quarterback um, to compete with Blau or Blow, whatever his name is, and Driscoll. So yeah, but I don't um, think they. I don't think they'll look to take one in the first round. I think they're still in a position know. that they can spend a third or fourth round on a quarterback. I don't know. I I would I wouldn't be surprised. So who knows? Even Patricia's going to stay. Yeah, so far they've said that they're they, they've said they're keeping him. 
I think they like some of the changes he's made. Obviously, there's been some things that have been worrisome, and it doesn't help this year that, like you said, Stafford went down and they had a couple other injuries. You know, carry on Johnson going down in the first game. That just really screws a lot of stuff up. So I, I think he'll still be around for at least one more year. Um, but after that, it's anybody's guess. Well, he's got to have a winning season next year if he wants to stay around. Uh, for sure. No more times. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Detroit's games were close, too. A lot of the losses they were in were by a touchdown, maybe a touchdown and a field goal. I don't feel like they got blown out that often. No, they definitely were competitive in a lot of games. But that's kind of been the story for them for a while now. Years, yeah. Competitive pretty much all the time, but... Yeah, I don't know. Good old Detroit and Matt Patricia. But LSU did take that victory. Back <laughs> yes. to the Peach Bowl here, yeah. 63-28. We did have the Fiesta Bowl happen as well. Same day, December 28th, later that evening. Number three, Clemson took on number two, Ohio State. Clemson came out of this one 29-23 for the first upset, in quote marks, of the college playoffs for this year. So Clemson moves on to take on LSU. That Clemson-Ohio State game, though, much, much closer. Some questionable calls came out. Drew, what were your thoughts overall? Do you feel like Clemson deserved the victory in this one? I do. Um, I, I want to first. I'll just say that this was probably one of the best college football games that I have seen in a long time. Um, definitely this year, it's been the best college football game that I've watched. I if I had to pick another game to compare it to, it was like the um, Clemson Alabama game a couple years ago, the really close one. You know, that came down to the end that Clemson won. It was, it was like watching that. It was so entertaining. And it, it swung one way or the other so many different times. Um, you saw a lot of great plays. Saw a lot of surprising decisions. Um, just from that, either team who won this would have deserved it. Um, there were a couple questionable calls. The biggest one for me is still that um, that reverse on a, a fumble call off of a incomplete pass is what they ended up ruling it. And once I've read the explanation and, and listened to it and watched it a couple times, I get what they're saying. But even as someone who's cheering for Clemson and hates Ohio State, it didn't sit well with me at all that they reversed that from a, a fumble recovery and a touchdown to an incomplete pass. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the replays or anything, but basically they're saying if you watch it in slow motion, it does distort your perception and it makes it look a lot worse. But if you watch it in real time, it looks like an incomplete pass. And it does, and in real time. So, but it's it's definitely one of those plays that makes people hate replay because you think if you look at it in slow motion, it's obvious it was a catch. Um, so, it, it it's consistent with other rulings they've made, but it just it felt wrong in that instance for it to get overturned. But that being said, I'm glad they let the play finish just in case it had been upheld, because otherwise they people would have just been saying that um, that they blew it dead too soon. And it should have been a touchdown, and then, so either way, they ruled it. It was going to get, it was going to be a controversial play. Um, but yeah, I, I think Clemson deserved to win. They were tough. They came in, they came, they came on strong at the end of the first half, and then played well the rest of the way. They did a good job limiting Ohio State early, despite letting the offense rack up some yards. So they they responded really well. And like I said I was just really really impressed with both of these teams, and it was worth staying up until midnight to see the end of it. So that sets us up for the college football playoff national championship game. This one is happening later on in January 2020. 
Number one, LSU is going up against number three, Clemson. I don't remember exactly who we picked. I think Tyler picked Clemson. I think Drew and I were back and forth. I think we both landed on LSU, though. This is going to happen in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. Who are you guys taking after seeing these first two games? Are you sticking with who you picked? Are you changing things up? What are your thoughts? Tyler. I'm going with Clemson. Andrew, I just saw, sorry, just to, before I even go into the pick of why, I just saw the um, replay of the, the catch. It's a catch. Yeah. That's a catch. I don't even have to, I don't even have to hear an explanation of someone telling, that's a catch. The number of step, steps he took and, you know, it's a catch and maybe you could call back, um, was it forward progress? But, mm-hmm. you know, it. it that's in slow mo, but that's definitely a catch and fumble. Anyways, well, and, well, uh, I'm just a sorry. I'm going to say something back to that. What they it. did say was, and it says in the rule book, um, a football move is a step forward, and none of his steps ever moved him forward, and that was part of the reasoning for them ruling it as an incomplete. He, he uh, never moved anywhere. He took steps, but he never went forward. Well, how many times do we see people get hit like that and then go down and get tackled? I I, I don't know. You know, and then you tell, oh, but, you know, then the ball, you know, yeah, that makes that, yeah. that's a, yeah, rule. it's, it's a weird one. I, I hate that it was it's called that way rule. because it does take away from the overall good that was this game. So anyway, your pick, my pick, uh, I'm going to go with Clemson. Um, I think Burrow is there. I think Clemson is going to find Burrow's weakness, um, and, uh, show up to play. I'm going to go with Clemson. They've finally played a good team, a good Ohio State team. They finally showed that they can come back and uh, and do business pretty much anyone. And so I think um, I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to a blowout. I think it'll be a game that you saw last night between Clemson and Ohio State, but I think Clemson is going to again come up on top. Dun, dun, dun. Drew, you sticking with LSU or are you switching it up? I'm going to stick with LSU. Um, I think it's going to be somewhere between uh, what was the Clemson-Ohio State game and LSU's blowout of Oklahoma. I think LSU's going to win by at least two touchdowns. Um, But I think Clemson's definitely going to make it interesting. They're going to be the best defense that LSU has faced all year. Uh, Watching them against Ohio State, the pressure that they can bring and the way they can cover receivers, um, they're, they're very good. But one thing Ohio State did really well was getting J.K. Dobbins involved both in the run game and in the pass game. And um, I cannot remember the guy's name right now for LSU. Uh, it's, you know, it's a hyphenated name, but he was he barely played because they had that hamstring concern. When he did play, he looked fine. Uh, but they were lucky enough to not have to play him much and let him rest some more. And I think they're going to get him involved much like J.K. Dobbins did. But I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. And so I think once he gets involved, it's going to let Burrow – uh, take some of those deep shots that he's really, really good at, and he's going to escape the pressure. And it's going to be enough that they're going to put up a lot of points, more points than Clemson will be able to put up on them. Um, but Clemson will score too because that offense is really, really good and creative. And I don't think LSU has played a team that is as good on both sides of the ball as Clemson, and I think they're going to be shocked. But they'll they'll buckle down and, and do what they need to do to win by a couple touchdowns and and make it uninteresting by the end. I mean, as much as I've been going... Yeah, I'm thinking LSU wins this one pretty handily as well. I don't think it'll be as crazy as the Oklahoma game, but I'm right there with you, Drew. I think it's two scores. It might only be a touchdown and a field goal. It could be two touchdowns, but I do think they win by double digits in the end. 
Uh, LSU just looks so strong in that first game. Again, Clemson's defense much stronger than Oklahoma's if you look at both on paper and on the field. At the same point, LSU's offense is just so explosive. I think Clemson can match the explosiveness for a while, but when it comes down to that long stretch, when we're getting into that second half, later in the third, into the fourth, I just don't know if they can keep up. And if LSU gets started even earlier, then it's going to be really scary. I do think LSU takes this one pretty well. I'm going to go double digits. So, I mean, I've been given, since since this boy's freshman year, sunshine boy, uh, T. Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, Mr. California. I'll call him Mr. California because of his hair. Um, do you think he could go in the draft? I mean, he if he wins, it would be his second national championship, back-to-back national championships. Is he going back, or is he going to go for the draft? He has to. He, he's only a true sophomore. Because he was a – Really? I thought yeah, he was a true freshman last year, not a red shirt. So, well, don't you only need one year in the NFL, or do you need three years? You got to uh, be three. three. So that's I'm... why you'll have like redshirt sophomores sometimes go. But okay, I'm thinking of b-ball, good old basketball. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. All right, so he'll win. He'll win two national championships, and then you know he'll go to the college playoff next year and lose in the first round or lose in the in the championship. So that's what he'll do. Uh, come next year. Yeah, he and he and Justin Fields will both probably go next year because Justin Fields is also a true sophomore. And he plays for. He's the Ohio uh, State kid. Okay. Gotcha. That's the other thing. Some of these bad NFL teams could do is focus more on other pieces and look to maybe pick up one of them next year if they can get some draft capital to, to trade around. Yeah, it's so nice not looking for a quarterback. Yeah, maybe somebody signs Andy Dalton for a year uh, so they can focus on getting some draft capital to then um, to then trade up and get, you know, uh, Lawrence or Justin Fields. I don't know. Only time will tell, but time is coming to an end over for the NFL regular season. Today is the last day, so we do have an idea of what the playoffs look like. I believe the AFC is set in stone at this point. The Ravens take the number one overall seed with the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs in the second seed. Both of them get first-round buys. Into the next seeding, we have the Patriots winning their division with a record of 12-4, and bumping Buffalo to the fifth seed for the wild card at 10-6. and then over here, we have the 10, uh, I believe it's the Houston Texans. Yeah, Houston Texans with the fourth seed, 10 and 6 as well. They clinched their division and they knocked the Titans to the other wildcard seed at 9 and 7, taking that sixth seed. So if I'm thinking about everything correctly, it's Correct. the third Ooh, matches yeah. up with the six, right? Yep. So, Titans so it'll be Titans, Patriots, Patriots. Yep. and then Bills, Texans. So Titans, Patriots. This could be interesting, actually. I think most people cleanly pick the Patriots here, but I think this could be closer yeah, than we think. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here because I've been really watching the Titans this year. Um, first of all, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that the Titans would make the playoffs and the Cowboys wouldn't, I would have laughed. Um, and if you had told me that the t- Titans would have made it with Ryan Tannehill starting, um, actually, I might have believed that more uh, just because I think he's a better quarterback than Mariota. But um, I think this could be a really good game. The Titans have only gotten stronger. Uh, Derrick Henry is a monster. He rushed for 200 yards today on 30 carries. <laughs> Um, so uh, they have a really good offense. AJ Brown has turned it into this incredible explosive receiver. Um, and they have a, a good defense and the Patriots offense has struggled 
And I think the Titans defense with Jarrell Casey there on the line is good enough to pressure Tom Brady and make him make mistakes. And I think their offense can move the ball and grind against that Patriots defense because I think they'll have a tough time keeping Derrick Henry contained for four quarters. So I could definitely see the Titans winning this game. And I think New England's really going to regret letting Miami come into Foxborough and beat them today, oh, which was just incredible to watch. Oh, if it's magic, that you're still a so Buffalo great. Bill in my heart. I love him. <laughs> and he was a Titan, too. So, see, he's, right. he's serving both of our teams today. Because I'm not a Cowboys fan anymore <laughs> for the rest of the season. <laughs> hey, is Garrett going to be gone? Speaking of Cowboys? Oh, okay. I hope so. Oh, I hope so, bye so Bye-bye to much. Jerry World. Oh, that's... My buddy at work is, a, is an Eagles fan, and he, he really wants us to keep Jason Garrett for obvious reasons. Um, but... I don't care how badly they beat Washington today. The fact is, Washington's a dumpster fire. Uh, they couldn't get it done last week when it really mattered, and that's just been a pinnacle of Garrett's career. We've missed the playoffs six of the nine seasons that Garrett has been the head coach. I think that's clear enough that he needs to be gone and pay Lincoln Riley a bunch of money to come and Lincoln be Riley. our coach and make our offense awesome and tell him not to touch the defense because his Oklahoma defense is trash. Garrett's going to go but to the Washington Anyway, <laughs> I think the Titans could beat the Patriots. I completely agree with you, Drew. I think, about. I mean, New England is, I mean, they're definitely awake. You know, Miami woke up a monster in New England. But, I mean, they've just been so soft. Like, Brady is is falling apart, I think. He's, he's slowly but surely falling apart. Um, I don't think he's going to have a bad game come playoff time. Because he definitely turns on a different switch when it comes to playoff time. But, yeah, Derrick Henry is an unstoppable force. They need the receivers to show up. Like, if if Tennessee can run the ball like they do with Derrick Henry, then it's going to be a good game. But if, for whatever reason, New England stops the run game, the only receiver that Tennessee has is Brown. Um, and so they need to have the receivers, sh- receivers show up for the Titans because this – defense of new england particularly the passing game is just unstoppable and so it Tannehill needs to rely on derrick henry with the play action and, and getting the team open because i i think they do have a shot at at beating the patriots so we'll see they gotta play the game i mean i think the I think the Titans are going to win this. I really do. I think we. the problem I have is not Brady. It's not Edelman. It's not Sony Michelle. It's Belichick. Belichick is the one that scares me on the Patriots, if I'm completely honest. His schemes, as far as defensively, his way to always find a way to score, it seems like, in those situations where he needs to, unless it's up against the Giants in the Super Bowl. I mean, it just Belichick is a brilliant coach, and yes, he has questionable methods many times, but he's also very brilliant when it comes down to schemes, and he's very good at scheming in general just like whatever nickname Tyler wants to give him for some evil genius is. But when you look at it all together, if they cannot stop Derrick Henry, like you guys have been saying, that's going to be the biggest flaw. So coming into this game, I think they stack the line. I think they do everything they can to stop Derrick Henry. I don't think A.J. Brown is the only wide receiver over there. I think the Titans can spread the field well enough, especially if you can send out some out routes with the running back. But when it comes down to it, I think this Titans team grinds very well. They've grinded two weeks against Houston. They've done well against Indy. They're, they've done well against teams that almost made the playoffs or barely got into the playoffs. I think the Patriots are at that level right now. I think they're a team that would barely make the playoffs, if even at the point they're playing. They just lost to the Dolphins. They played Brady the whole game. 
When it comes down to it, I think the Titans actually pull wow, off the Joe, upset. I've never seen you so unsure against the Patriots. I think this is a first. I just Belichick always gets me. Like when they were down against Atlanta, twenty-eight to zero, I was telling everyone they're going to come back. Just watch, watch Belichick after halftime. I mean, the man scares me. He is just brilliantly good at scheming for football. Like his way, he changes lines up. The way he uses audibles, like his connection with Brady, they've just played together for so long, or coach player for so long that they built up this relationship where they know what to do in certain situations. Yeah, against Miami, it didn't quite show. But when it comes to real grind, like the playoffs, I feel like they always find a way to get it done. But I do want to believe in the Titans here. I think the Titans have all the pieces to pull off the upset. I think it's going to be close. It could be even a field goals difference at the end. I think it's going to be one score regardless, but I do think the Titans have a good, good shot at taking it. So I will stick with my gut What's here. I'm going to go with the Titans just to Darth see what happens. Vader, like the yeah. evil guy. Emperor. Yeah, that's what he is. Emperor. The Emperor. He's the Emperor. <laughs> Definitely an Emperor. Okay, let's grind through a few more of these Bills Texans. So Tyler's Buffalo Bills taking on the Texans. I actually don't know yeah. uh, who's the Texans are the fourth. So it will be played in Houston. I'm taking the Tyler, Bills. are you taking your Heck Bills yeah, to come I'm out of this the one? Bills. I gotta be I gotta be taking the Bills. Why do I not take the Bills? I mean, they they I mean, with a couple injuries today against the Jets. Um, we rested all of our starters. I mean, we rested pretty much everyone. Josh Allen, Josh Allen only had two drives, and hopefully it's not a reflection of what we're going to do on Houston. But um, I'm hoping we we show up and ready to play. I think our defense is going to shut down Watson, um, and I, we need Singletary to have a big game on the ground um, and Allen to run for a touchdown and throw for a touchdown. If he can do that, I can, you know, I can say we're going to be in good shape because our defense is definitely going to hopefully shut down the receiver ends because, gosh, the only thing that scares me is the receivers of Houston. I mean, they got Hopkins, they yeah, got Kiki, they Hopkins. got uh, Stills, who's very quiet but deadly. Um, so we really got to show up. Fuller doesn't even show up, man. The guy's yeah, always half on a stretcher when he walks to the game, so I'm, I'm not scared of him at all. Um, he literally shows up on a stretcher or a cast and then says, oh, I can take it off, and then pulls a growing or pulls a hammy or something. So him, I'm not too concerned. Of course, he'll probably score an 80-yard touchdown on us and then be done for the rest of the game because he pulled a toe muscle. But, I mean, the guy is so injury-prone, and he had one big game, and everyone started picking him up for fantasy, and then he never played again. So I'm kind of – he's spilt milk to me. Go Bills. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's going to come into play in this game is the points for and points against. Buffalo had 314 points for so far this season. The Texans put up 378. So a huge margin there, almost six, well, a little over 60 points difference. Then points against Buffalo held opponents to 259. The Texans let up 385. So you're looking at huge point margins as compared to scoring, both on the offensive side and the defensive side for both these teams. The Bills hold the scores a lot tighter. The Texans, on the other hand, go into more shootout formations. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to go paired up together. I mean, we saw it like, what, a decade ago in the Super Bowl with the Oakland Raiders up against Tampa Bay, the best offensive team up against the best defensive team. The defensive team won there. I think it's going to be a similar story here. I think the Bills will be able to shut down who they need to. Hopkins will get a touchdown, I'm sure. I think the Texans will be elusive and exciting to watch on offense. But I think when it comes down to it late in the fourth quarter, the Bills get the stop they need and they take the win. Oh, two upsets. Yeah, I'm going to pick two upsets. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's five a five over four, over four, a four six over it's not as big together. That's two upsets. 
Most people already dropped their drinks here and the Patriots losing. Boy, that'd be... (laughs) I I like this idea of just thinking about... There's a little bit of... I don't know, it's kind of poetic here that the the two division winners would lose and the two wild cards from those same divisions would advance. You know, the Titans advancing uh, over Houston, who won the division, and the Bills advancing over New England, who won the division. I, I, I really like the, the picture that this makes. It is gorgeous. Over to the NFC. Packers have locked down everything. They have the first seed, 13-3. and three. The Saints have locked down their division. They have a seed in the playoffs, but we don't know if it's going to be the first-round buy or not. They are currently 13-3 and three, with the 49ers sitting in the third seed at 12-3 and three and playing right now against Seattle. Um, then our other seeds here, we have the Vikings in the sixth seed currently at 10-6, and six. the Seattle Seahawks who are playing those 49ers at 11-4, and four. and then the Eagles with the Cowboys' loss have locked in the last seed in their division at 9-7. and seven. So... Green Bay hasn't, as far as I know, I don't think they've locked up home field advantage. I think if San Francisco wins, they end up with home field advantage. I don't remember why that is. So I don't know about home field advantage, but they have locked up the bye. Yes, they are a bye for sure. Green Bay is definitely a top two team. but I don't remember what advantage. it comes down to because it, it goes head to head. And then is it points four? No, I think next is uh, or is I it think, point I differential? Think it's conference game rank record. Oh, okay. And then something beyond that because they'll have a set the same conference record as well. They'll both be ten and two. But from what I remember reading earlier, was it it wouldn't be settled until we saw how San Francisco. The Seattle Packers game goes. can snag NFC home field advantage if the 49ers lose or tie in Sunday night. At the very least, Green Bay will own the number two seed in a first round bye for the first time. Yep. Yeah, so that article doesn't break it down. Yeah, and so New Orleans is um, then going to be the three seed for sure. And If San Francisco wins. Yeah. If they but, lose, the Saints clinch as yes. the second, I yes. believe. Yeah, so there's a lot of parity there. So we can't even really talk too much about matchups because... No, because we don't, we don't even know. Because if the Seahawks win, then that bumps... No, they stay. The Seahawks, the Seahawks and Vikings lock in the final seeds regardless. No, if Seattle wins, they win their they win the their division and they'll move up to three. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this game is a a conference decider or a division decider. Wait, so, did the 49ers not win the first tie? No, Seattle beat the 49ers. I don't remember. Seattle beat the 49ers. Oh, yeah, so wow. They'll, so they'll So they'll I don't know what that tiebreaker is either. They'll have the same record, but Seattle will have won both head-to-head matchups. So they'll that'll be the tiebreaker there. So but what happens if the 49ers win? The, oh, well, then I guess they just won a raw record. record. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So so if Seattle wow. wins, they become What the a mess, seed. NFC. Get yeah. it together. San Francisco has the potential to be as high as the number one overall, or the number the number two seed, or they no, could be fifth the sixth seed. seed. Fifth seed. Sorry, fifth seed. Yeah, they they have a they have a wide range there of where they could end up. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see how this plays out. What a mess! I well, <laughs> all I know is I don't want Green Bay to win. <laughs> I'm really I don't think Green Bay will. Aaron Rodgers. I'm personally pulling for New Orleans or San Francisco San Francis- to come out of the NFC. And maybe- I'm honestly surprised that the Packers are a 13 and three record. Like, they have raw talent. The defense have gotten better. But overall, I mean, to go 13-3 with the injuries they've had, I mean, Devontae Adams, what, only hit the field half the games this season, I feel like. 
and then Jones was out for a while. Like they've been all over the place injury wise, but still a thirteen and three record. They just. I, I mean, I ugly. guess part of it comes down to your division kind of sucks, but. <laughs> but still, I mean, they're perfect in their division. They didn't even stumble against them. So but that's what I mean. I mean, you almost had some bye weeks in there, but, practically. Yeah, they just win ugly, and eventually that's going to come back to uh, either it's going to come back to bite them, or they're going to make everybody play them ugly, and they know how to win ugly games, and it's going to actually take them all the way. And I, I don't know, but I hope that's not the case. So I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Packers were the number one team picked to win the Super Bowl last year by like major analysts on like ESPN and Fox and all those. Like before last year's season, or at the end before, of the season last before year. Before last oh, year, I missed season. it by a year. Oh, before last year's. Hmm. So, yep, going into the season, they picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, that didn't happen. I think whoever San Francisco... No, no, not at all. So, I don't I know who they picked San this Francisco year, actually. San Francisco plays, they're going to... I think San Francisco will be the fifth seed, and they're most likely going to play the Eagles, who are the fourth seed. Because um, I think Seattle's going to win. And so, that would... Okay. I, could, I think the Eagles I mean, 49ers could be interesting. I don't. I don't think the Eagles are going to hang around for very long, but yeah, they're they're grindy. I saw something really. It's about the Eagles. I saw a really interesting stat today that I'm just impressed by, and it also just blows my mind. So Carson Wentz is the first player in NFL history with 4,000 passing yards in a season without a 500 yard receiver. None of his receivers. Got more than five hundred yards. He got five hundred yards this year. None of his receivers for over four thousand yards. Um, so that's one. That's. But that means he had to throw yeah. it to like twenty-seven people. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's not surprising because his receivers are terrible, or hurt. Uh, but it is surprising that he was able to throw that many yards to these practice squad receivers. And your last stat of the day before we head out is wins. Uh, your boy lobster legs. Uh, Jameis Winston has thrown 30 <laughs> touchdowns and 30 interceptions this season. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Consistency. And over 5,000 <laughs> yards. Like, like he's he's got so much potential, but he's also still so terrible. I mean, he did have a lot of injuries in his defense. A lot of his wide receivers were injured. I mean, with that being said, I feel like he's done this multiple seasons, hasn't he? He's been, like, highest in interceptions for the league. Oh, yeah. He, he turns it over a lot. It doesn't matter how healthy anybody is. It's just what he does. All about that fling it up and see what happens style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of changes coming to a lot of teams. I can feel it. Dun, dun, dun. Well, we'll have to wait to see how you feel next week, Drew, because this does bring us to the end of this episode. We'll talk more about the playoffs heading into next week as we finally see what the final breakdown is going to be, especially for the NFC. The AFC looks set in stone at this point. But you can also hit us up on Twitter at CAMB Podcast. Let us know your predictions. Let us know your thoughts on the playoffs. Who's going to come out on top? We'd love to hear it. You can also shoot us an email, Podcast at otnmedia.org. Last but not least, if you like what we do here on the show and at OTN, go ahead and head on over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash OTN to support us. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. I can feel it a-changing.
This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.